Hello everybody, it's Chris Clark with DiscGolf.Law. We are going to respond to some questions and comments that we got on our video about whether a professional players union is needed in the sport of disc golf. Question came from a username that's just discgolf underscore. Should the players be getting a piece of the revenue from the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the Disc Golf Network? And we had a couple responses to that. Players Union is a good idea, but to be clear, they won't be doing anything significant for a while until there is some real money in the game. There was a reply to that. We already have multiple players making a million dollars a year. We're getting there quickly, and this is even without a TV representation. Right now, the tour is raking in money while giving players no benefits or minimal facilities slash practice areas needed to prepare for each event. So I think it's important in responding to these questions and comments to draw a distinction between team sports and individual sports. In team sports, one reason players unions are formed is to give players a voice in negotiations with team owners and leagues and other entities that hold power in the sports industry. Players unions negotiate collective bargaining agreements with the league and with team owners. These these are the agreements that dictate the terms of the players' contracts. Players' unions often represent players in labor disputes and even at times negotiate licensing deals. That's the team sports side of things. Let's contrast that to individual sports. Just to use examples, I'm going to use golf and tennis, where there's technically no official players' union. In golf, both the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour have players' advisory councils that provide input on issues relevant to players competing on those tours. Similarly, in tennis, both the ATP and the WTA, that's the men's tour and the women's tour, have players' councils that essentially serve the same or similar roles to the players' advisory councils in golf. As some of you may already know, the PDGA has a Pro Tour Players Committee. I wasn't able to find an official statement from the PDGA describing in detail exactly what the duties of the Pro Tour Players Committee is, other than it represents the interests of full-time touring professional players. There may be something more specific out there. I just wasn't able to locate it in preparing for this video. So given that we have a Pro Tour Players Committee, I assume that the committee could take on roles, and maybe they already do, such as resolving disputes between the pro players and the PDGA. They could advocate for player safety, and maybe even at some point in the future negotiate for things like healthcare benefits 
and some form of retirement or other post-career support for professional disc golf athletes. So now let's address the questions and comments that I mentioned. Whether players should get a portion of revenue from DGPT or DGN. My response to that is I think in a way they already do by finishing above the cash line. I realize that's not exactly the same as a revenue share, but I think that would be more complicated to figure out. The payouts at DGBT events do go fairly deep into the field, given all of the overhead and expenses and efforts that the Pro Tour goes through to conduct its business and to host all of these events. Yes, the players should be entitled to a portion of the money, and the way that they get that is by winning, or at least performing well. So Jugular First thinks it would be difficult for a players union to accomplish anything significant until there is more money in the professional game. Mike Durer said he thinks we're almost there and that the DGPT is raking in money while giving players no benefits and inadequate facilities. I think both are right to a certain degree. I'm sure many players would welcome better driving and putting practice areas at tournaments. I've attended a lot of DGPT events and based on my observations, some are adequate and some probably could use some improvement. I guess it depends on your perspective whether it's fair to say that the DGPT and DGN are raking in the money or bringing in a significant amount of money. I think it's fair to say they bring in a significant amount of money, but they also have an extremely high overhead. Putting on a tour like this and broadcasting it is an extremely expensive endeavor. We've been told by Disc Golf Pro Tour leadership that the tour hasn't even broken even yet, much less turnover profit. So I agree it's not likely we will see major advances in player advocacy until we do see a significant influx of additional dollars. At the same time, we do have this Pro Tour Players Committee that can likely fill some of the roles that a players union would serve. When it comes to some of the issues I mentioned earlier like resolving disputes or advocating for player safety. So if any of you have additional information about the specific role of the Pro Tour Players Committee, please let us know. And thanks, as always, uh, everyone, for your questions and for your comments. Please keep them coming. Please like our videos, subscribe to our channel, and as always, thanks for watching. Disc Golf Lawcast is made by DiscGolf.Law, a firm serving clients in the disc golf industry. For more analysis on business and legal topics in disc golf, check out our YouTube channel. If you have a question, comment, or want to get in touch with us, visit our website or email us at info at